Hey everyone, this is Canon Divergent, just a fan fiction podcast, standing in front of the void, asking it to love her. We're your hosts out here now. And Eve Hypo555. Today we're talking about inspiration. Where do we get our ideas? How do we start writing? Ironically, we had trouble writing this intro, which seems fitting. Let's get started. <laughs> we really did though. <laughs> it was a major struggle. Words are hard. <laughs> Words are hard. What does it for you? Uh, so it's multiple things for me. Um, mm. Obviously, canon material, watching or reading, usually. But what about it? I was getting there. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> I will like read a line or a certain part of the movie will stick out to me. And I will want to expand on that if they don't expand on it in canon. Years ago, I wrote an Artemis Fowl fanfic um, back when, like, in high school. And the reason I wrote that whole one shot was because there's a line in the book that talks about how the main character cheated on a test to make it harder. Don't think about it too much. But that line stuck out to me in the book. So I wrote a fic based off that one line. I get that, though. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, there's a story there, but it's not in canon. Now I have to write it because it won't leave my head. Yeah. Like you want to know more and then give it to you. And so you're like, exactly. I'm going to make it up myself. Right. Because that's what fanfic's for. Yeah. So something that tends to inspire me is when I feel like a character is maybe misrepresented or you only see one side of that character then I feel like, no, there's got to be more to it than that. You know what I mean? They have, they have to be complex. Characters yes, are complex. They yeah, are. Even, Thank you. So it, it's like if you meet a coworker and you just see like that coworker like facade and then suddenly you realize, oh, they have their whole life outside of work and they're an actual person. It's the same thing with characters. You see the basics that the story calls for, but they, yes. if you're viewing them as people, there's got to be more to it than that. Yeah, especially the assholes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I have such an affinity for, you know, like ice queens. Probably because we're both kind of bitchy. We, we are assholes. That's probably why. Yeah, so in, in my cutie pie fic, then there's the character Leon, and he comes across as very cold-hearted. There's a scene at the very beginning where his fiance Kua is like, don't we love each other? And he responds with something like, you know, if you were to ask me whether or not I love you, uh, my answer would be no. That, that was the first subtitles, and then they, then they redid the subtitles. And I think this actually aligns more with the tie because there was this whole thing and I went through Google Translate and whatever. But the new subtitle is, if you were to ask me whether or not I love you, I'm not sure it's love yet. Either way, it's a no, right? Yeah, <laughs> either way, it's not what you want to hear. <laughs> and this is like episode one and he's just like, nah, bro, I don't love you. We're just engaged. Not feeling it now. <laughs> Maybe later, fam. <laughs> 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 and he elaborates by saying, like, the reason behind their engagement is because it was sort of like a, at the request of Kua's grandfather. So it was like, your grandfather helped my family a lot, and this is my way of repaying him. <laughs> and it's like, what the fuck, dude? It's like, so you're only engaged to me because of a promise you made to my grandfather. So that is the initial impression we get of Lian. And I was like, there has to be more to that. Right, because where does the story go from here? Is this one of those things where Leanne eventually falls in love with him? Or like, what's it's going multiple, on? Multiple things. Like, 
why is he uh, I don't have any background information so first of all why is he willing to honor his grandfather in that way is it a cultural thing is it a relationship with his grandfather is it money like what is it so it's Gua's grandfather who requested that Leon take care of him essentially was what he said uh, and Gua's grandfather really helped out Leon's family okay so they started out with nothing and he helped them build essentially this corporate empire so he feels sort of indebted to him okay is the impression we get but just this that you know is so far all that we knew episode one so you yeah. are right there at the moment where everyone else went what the fuck <laughs> But when you watch the this, this scene, you can see it in the character's face, right? In his eyes, the actor Zeprook does an amazing job at this because he does show that complexity. You can see the pain in his eyes as he's saying. It's almost like he doesn't want to say this, but he feels like he should or that there's something else going on there, right? He just, it looks like he's a little bit sad, hurt. And I think that's what I like latched onto because it's like he doesn't look like he's being mean. Or being cold in that scene. He's not just like, I don't love you in a very cold, brusque kind of way. It's it's very painful, I think, for him to say it. And I thought about this for so long. I think it was like a week straight. And I was like, what is going on, Leanne? So I tried looking at it from Leanne's perspective instead of Kua's perspective, which is what we see through most of the show is, is Kua's perspective. But I talked about this in our musical episode where there's a lot of masks, right? So I said that I named this fic, this masquerade. And it's because Kua is essentially like two different people. In fact, the, the actor does a really great job. Um, Nunu Chawarin does an amazing job playing two different characters, two different personalities. So there's the side that that he puts on when he's around Lian, which is like this good boy act. Perfect, prim, proper. Um, he even lies about what his major is in college. So everyone <laughs> thinks that he's studying computer sciences, but he's actually studying automotive engineering. <laughs> he owns a Ducati. So he races motorcycles. He sings at a bar. <laughs> so he is not this perfect, good boy, aristocratic, young master, Kua Kireti. And whether or not Lian knows that at the beginning, he does find out, like, I think within the first episode. But even then, without knowing that he's been lying, you can sense that Kua is sort of being fake around him. So they show snippets of, like, their dates or how they act around each other. And Kua has this very, like, plastic, fake, doll-like smile around him. And it's almost taunting at times. Or not taunting, but, like, it's very obviously fake. So I'm thinking, okay, they're supposed to be engaged to each other they're supposed to spend the rest of their lives together but your fiance is being totally fake with you does that mean that he's indifferent to you does that mean that he's he doesn't trust you like they they grew up together right they were childhood friends and he comes back from studying abroad and all of a sudden he's just like totally fake with him how would you feel i have no i have no clue how i'd feel uh depending on the situation because you'd have to take in context does his fiance want to be in love with him yeah, so Kua, he, like, talks about it all the time. He's like, I love you. Like, he just throws it out there, okay. right? So, like, okay. there's the when the scene takes place, um, they're supposed to go out for a date, but then something happens with Leon's company. Um, and so there's, like, a work emergency. And so they're just yeah. in his office. And he's just like, are you tired of waiting for me? And Kua's like, I've been waiting for you my whole life. And, you know, <laughs> I'll always wait for you kind of thing. He's like, because I love you. And he's got that, like... How sappy sweet. <laughs> yeah, that sappy sweet saccharine <laughs> smile. And he's like, 
because I love you. And <laughs> I, I should show you the scene afterwards. As soon as he yep. says that, Leon's face just kind of like closes off and he literally walks away. <laughs> he just walks off. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and like he opens this door that leads outside of his office and Kua starts following him and Leon dead ass closes the door in his face. <laughs> Asshole move. Such a bad move. Such an asshole move. <laughs> and the worst part is you it's like a glass door so you can see through it. <laughs> just... Yeah, no, I'm, I'm imagining it. <laughs> yeah. I, can, I can see what you're putting out there right now, like in my mind's eye, and it's hilariously bad. <laughs> so it's like, what the fuck? And you're like, he can't be that much of an asshole, can he? <laughs> So yeah, I wrote out that from the perspective that he's hurt, that he's genuinely yeah. hurt that his future yeah. life partner is hiding himself, is not being genuine with him. And it's like, well, what else is he hiding, right? And so that prompted me to write the fic, <laughs> is what I'm getting at. Yeah. But no, I, I agree with that. Because part of it is uh, you get a lot of, especially in movies, you get a lot of surface character, but you don't get the reason behind it. Yeah. And so it's a great way to expand on that. And no, I completely understand that. And I do kind of the same thing. And that was a comment that I got from that fic a lot from people. They were like, oh, I never thought about it from that perspective. Or I also wondered why Leon was being that way. Well, that ties into one of the things I was going to say is like relating to the characters. Mm. And for me, it's almost like a sort of therapy. If I find a character that I relate to very well, it's a way of writing those characters in different realist in different situations that either I would want to do in real life, but haven't worked my way through to a process where I could do that in real life, or kind of to like work out any anxieties or any, especially when you're talking about uh, like gay or queer characters in general. So like I, I grew up very conservative, very religious. And so that's not really something I can talk about with my family at all. But fan fiction is a way of like working out, I guess, my mental process and how I've come to terms with how I am <laughs> or what I identify as. That makes a lot of sense. And you know, it's interesting because a lot of other fic writers and who I know are also queer. So like, like I am as well. It's like a safe space for me to at least mess around with like concepts of my sexuality, but through the lens of a character where it's, I guess, safer. And you can imagine different scenarios, both good and bad um, with yeah. real life around you and how it affects either your job or your family or friends and things like that. Whereas if you do that in real life, you might have some major actual blowback. Right. Yeah. There's no rewrite for that. <laughs> exactly. No, so, that makes sense. It's a way to explore, right? Especially if the canon material, like I talked about Psychobot, one of the characters there was raised very conservative, was raised religious. So that I can relate to really well. And plus is in a profession that is not friendly towards that. And while I'm a different gender than that character, I'm also in a profession that's pretty... Uh, like old school conservative and things are changing of course but like in general i can work out real life issues through fanfic sometimes that goes for a lot of us so you bring up something real that just makes me think of like by awakening stories so like sometimes that's really fun to write where writing a character realizing their sexuality 
or their sexual orientation and like those moments that I don't know for me looking back it was like those moments were like how did I not know that I was queer like those really obvious moments and so it's really fun to write those and where it's like the reader's like really bruh you don't see how you don't see how gay that is (laughs) right but well like for me I'd probably be these days say I'm more bisexual than not but like growing up when you grow up in a culture like purity culture and like religious culture like they almost like at least in my experience like brainwash that all out of you Mm -hmm. and so I would be so triggered by the very concept of even like saying I found a woman pretty or something like that that there's no way I could ever think that and then you start thinking things like that you're like what the hell is going on in your brain it's just really fucking confusing and stuff so yeah it's just weird I don't know (laughs) for me it was more like not realizing because things are different for girls you know like if two guys are holding hands then you're like well clearly you know everyone assumes that's romantic but like in high school or whatever you know if you see girls holding hands sometimes it was because they were really close friends or whatever right Right. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah. Or girls sitting in each other's laps. I was like, oh, you know, it's just like something girls did. Or even like growing up, all my friends were boys because I wanted to do Mm. all the all the boy things. Like I loved being outdoors and running around and playing with boats and stuff and whatever. And like then like after college and I started working in those different fields, all my friends ended up being women. Like I had like. (laughs) <laughs> two two male friends in college I used to bitch at you all the time like where are all the guys because somehow we didn't have any well all of our guy friends in college were gay <laughs> that is very very true <laughs> once you start finding that there are other women in those fields and you get away from the religious aspect that says you shouldn't do certain things no and it's great then right so you have these characters that you relate to and then it's sort of like you're using their stories to work your way through your own through your own thoughts, right? Yeah, yeah. Figure things out for yourself through the character. Right. Yeah. Maybe that, if there's I something mean, Yeah, definitely. And like take different perspectives on it. Like like I wrote two fix for psych again, because this is the main one that I kind of relate to a lot. Um, but like one fic, one of the two men involved was kind of like smacked in the face with the concept that he might like another guy. Like he's like, Oh, I should have realized this when I was like eight and was like watching TV and I did and I thought this guy was hot, but like it never clicked in my brain till I was like in my thirties and got together with this guy in the thick. So I don't and that I know rings really true for me because like I'm pretty sure growing up I had a crush on Kira Knightley, but would never have called it that. Didn't we all though? <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> no, before Pirates of the Caribbean. Well, Princess that was for... Thieves. When oh, she see, played Robin Hood's daughter. <laughs> I had that movie on VHS and I played it on loop. And then Pirates of the Caribbean came out. That was just as bad. But yeah. I was kind of blinded by Orlando Bloom back then. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Very pretty. Every, everyone was pretty in that movie. <laughs> Yeah, very much so. But oh my God, I remember watching Pirates of the Caribbean in theaters. And there's that moment where Karen Knightley, or what was her name? Elizabeth Swan. She's yeah. holding the necklace 
over the side of the boat to like threaten them (laughs) and they're like no you can throw it away and so she like lets it go just a little bit and and they're like yeah they're like no 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 and she does this thing with her mouth she's like oh and like her lips and I was just like at that moment like nothing else existed in the movie theater and I was just like oh my god (laughs) that and like every Anne Hathaway movie ever (laughs) It's the doe eyes, right? It's the Bambi well, eyes. she has long hair. I didn't like her with short hair. <laughs> Ella Enchanted, I watched on repeat too. <laughs> so yeah, that makes sense. Use it as therapy. So if there's something like, so does it usually stem from like something that you want to explore first, like for yourself, and then you find a way to write it in fic? Or is it like something presents itself in fic and you're like, you know, or in canon, you're like, oh, I could write about this. Ironically, that could help me work my way through these thoughts. Probably a mix of both. So sexuality is a big one, but that's like only with certain characters that fit with that theme, especially with the background and everything. So I I try to, when I write fics like that, that I'm exploring different concepts like that, I try to make it so it's still as canon as possible for the characters, or not canon, because I'm usually changing the shipping, but like at, make sure they're still in character for the situation. So, like, if those situations or those concerns wouldn't be in character for that character, then I'm not writing that story. Sometimes I guess it's just we want to write something because you ever write something because it's what you want to read, right? Oh, all the time. <laughs> Especially when I'm like searching through AO3 and I'm like, yeah, this is what I'm in the mood for. This is what I want the two characters to do or say or whatever. And I can't find it. So then I'm like, damn it. I have to write it. All right. I'll do it. Fine. (laughs) Take one for the team. Yep. Uh, I'll type it under my desk at work. Okay. (laughs) My fandom is currently going through this. The the Cutie Pie fandom. So, I mean, it's split, right? So there's like Cutie Pie, the show. And then there's Zeeprook and Nunu Chawarin. And they kind of go hand in hand, right? So there's like the show and then the actors as well. Well, there's a shit ton of fix for the actors, but there's like just a handful of stuff for the show. (laughs) That's a strange concept to me because like, I don't know. First of all, I I don't read much real person fanfics. Most of my fandoms are either, well, I do a few TV shows, but most of them are comics based. So yes, there is the live action comics, but a lot of real comics tie in. So it's the main actors aren't as important as (laughs) they are in a show where they're consistently the same because honestly, they could have 10 different Batmans at this point. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. And they're all terrible. So we go off the comics. And that's funny because my introduction to fic was real person fiction. It was uh, as Prince William. So this is not that weird for me, but it it is like there's there's definitely an imbalance. There's so much more fic for the actors than there is for the show. And it does become that thing where it's like, if you want to read a fic about a specific situation for these characters, you either got to wait around and hope that someone does it or you write it yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And sometimes I'll I'll read fix, I'll enjoy them, but they just aren't quite presenting the characters as I think the characters should be presented. So maybe I'm writing the same story as everyone else. Like we all use the same 10 tropes, <laughs> but I'm writing them as I see the characters in my opinion. <laughs> right, right. You really, you get so upset at how someone has depicted the characters. You're like, I'm going to do it correctly. <laughs> 
Yes, basically, yes. <laughs> so you're just like, so-and-so would never. <laughs> right, that's it, exactly. Outrage. <laughs> so you put them in the same exact situation. One yeah. bed, but make it right. <laughs> They're in a bar. They would not order that drink. They would order this drink. Thank you very much. <laughs> I mean, that can be really important, honestly. Like something that small. I've, I have rewritten some of my fix. I've edited them after I've posted them on AO3 because I was like, oh, they would not eat that. Like realizing it afterwards. Yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Golf doesn't like durian. I don't blame yeah. him because... <laughs> Like, listen, I love lots of different foods, right? It's really hard for me to find a food that I dislike. And when I heard about durian and how like it's such a polar response, either people really love it or they really hate it because it smells disgusting. Even the people who like durian, they're like, yeah, no, it smells <laughs> awful. And I was so sure that I was going to be one of those people who like durian because I was like, yeah, that's going to be me. Yeah. I like everything. <laughs> right, right, right. I was so confident and I was so disappointed. <laughs> I was so disappointed. I don't know where I was going with this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I had one of my characters who, like, he ate durian chips and then come to find out he doesn't like durian. So I went back and I, I had to change it. I was like, shit. And this played a big role. Well, not a big role, but it was it was something that stood out in the entire fic. And so I had to find something that was equally significant. So I had to, I changed it to pork rinds. <laughs> Not to like play up to the whole canon divergent thing, but sometimes I want to show the other side of something or of someone. And maybe this goes back to misunderstood characters, but it's like if we see something from one angle, especially when it comes to like real person fic, and we only see one one side of the story, pretty much what they're letting us see, then sometimes I, I want to write what I think is the behind the scenes of it, especially when it's only partial information. Like we know, oh, so-and-so, you know, they had an argument. We don't know what it's about. Then I'm like, hmm, what did they fight about? Oftentimes I want to de-escalate though. When people get super into drama, they're like, oh, they did this and they didn't talk to each other and they unfollowed each other and blah, 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 blah. I was like, it's probably something stupid as fuck. <laughs> but no, when you went with like the whole misunderstood character thing, I think that ties into like what I like to do on some of my longer fics, especially um, either in the Marvel Marvel or DC um, ones is that like those are really at least the movies are pretty sanitized for like family friendly fare but like you're talking about like violence and trauma and you're ignoring all the PTSD and like childhood trauma these characters have that would be coming through in real life and so a lot of my fix center around that like that would explain why they act certain ways in canon where in canon because it's like kind of family friendly at least the movie versions sometimes it seems like they're flying off the handle and doing kind of things that this doesn't make sense but if you look at it through the lens of the actual trauma they've gone through it makes a lot more sense that's a good point yeah so bringing bringing the reality to it yeah Basically. And I guess I kind of went the opposite way, probably because there tends to be so much drama about nothing. And people make a big fuss. I was just like, y'all... Uh, like people are going to fight. It's often about the stupidest shit. I know my partner and I fight more about what to have for dinner than anything else. <laughs> right? Such a common fight. <laughs> I'm like, it's probably not that big of a deal. <laughs> I live alone, so I always get to have what I want for dinner. It's fantastic. But, um, <laughs> well, there you go. I think, that, 
I think there's like a Stephen King quote in one of in Salem's Lot that goes the same way. He's like, I made my favorite sandwich for dinner like I do every night because I live alone. (laughs) (laughs) And that might be one of those things, right, where it's like a line that sticks with you and you kind of just want to write from it. You see something, you hear it or I don't know, like in one of the fics that I wrote recently for for Z Nunu. I am writing for Cutie Pie, okay? But yes, I, I did also write for Z and Nu. I'm contributing to the to the imbalance, I know. But there was like a line that just stuck with me. It was something and now I can't remember it. It was I think it was just Nunu has a crush on him. That was like that's in fact the first line. Let me fact check myself and make sure that it's the first line. <laughs> because you know, editing and I'm like, whoops, that's that's not actually what the first line was. It was intended to be, but it no longer is. No, that's definitely the first line. Nunu has a crush on him. And that was just where it started, right? Like that was it. Like I knew that I was gonna write about about the fact that Z was aware that New has a crush on him. And like, he's just like, okay. But that line, that was it for like, I don't know how long before I actually wrote it. It was just like following me. It would just pop in my head, right? Like, Nunu has a crush on him. I was like, fuck, I need to write that. (laughs) (laughs) And then the rest of my fix are mostly what you would describe as like craft fix. So I'm still shipping people, but I'm like throwing two people together who are usually... They might be in the same, like, canon universe, but they probably never met. And so <laughs> I just want to see if I can throw these people together and make it make sense. Love and that. it's usually ridiculous and hilarious. And <laughs> Wasn't one of yours, like, Darcy and um, Tony Stark? So well, yeah, I've written several of those, but I pair Darcy with just about everyone. <laughs> I mean, I don't blame you. Cat <laughs> <laughs> Denning. <laughs> What was like your weirdest ship that you wrote about? So in Marvel, Darcy Lewis in general, well, she's described as a little black dress because everyone ships her with everyone. But <laughs> one size fits all. Um, but I've shipped her with Howard Stark, Tony Stark. Because you're a time <laughs> yeah. travel fic? Time travel fic. <laughs> and Victor Von Doom are ones I've all written. <laughs> At first, I thought you were saying... Never mind. <laughs> What did you think I was saying? Von Trapp? <laughs> like, Sound of Music? <laughs> no, but apparently I have to write that now. Thanks. You're welcome. No, I, I do love a good crack fic. Well-written crack fic is crack. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't read a crack fic in a while, so I think I'm going to actually go hunting for one. But I think something else that like brings that inspiration is when I want to show some kind of development. So whether it's like a character arc or um, a change in dynamic between two characters or how they're relationship develops i'm really big on slow burn probably because i like (laughs) seeing that process things Um, develop along the way (laughs) yeah also that's why i like bi awakenings or gay awakenings where it's like you slowly realize like oh shit (laughs) right yeah Yeah. these are not straight thoughts (laughs) i almost want like a montage like i wish i had had a montage at that moment was like i guess that's not what girls are supposed to do if they're straight it all makes sense now it's really the how did I not know but and then also for me just like random one lines off a tumblr or off of uh, Mm. like memes and stuff will like usually inspire my more humor-based fix um they were roommates (laughs) well one was like there was like a meme going around of like the crazy classes like 
Bruce Wayne would take just random skills and then fighting like villains with them. Like, and so I wrote a trained fic- under a magician. Yeah, things like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I wrote a fic where it's just Bruce Wayne trying to get his kids to go on vacation with him, but he can't like verbalize it because he's a fucking st- like impossible to show emotions. So he like goes off and, and learns all these new skills and his family is like find him. So like the first one, he's uh he's learning how to knit. <laughs> <laughs> like in the small little town and then he's uh learning how to uh, flamenco dance in spain oh my and God. then he takes up like like some sort of drumming something somewhere and then i don't know i wrote like a whole bunch of them but it's literally just like his kids trying to chase him down because they have to like protect Gotham without him and oh my they're God. like what the fuck is he doing now he's just off learning all these random skills <laughs> And so that was based off like a meme that was floating around Tumblr. We'll put it in the show notes if I can find the link again. (laughs) (laughs) So um, yeah, for inspiration, Tumblr gave me ideas for at least two of my other fix. So one was in Supernatural. There was a thing going around on Tumblr about how the Winchesters could really update their gear and make it like more user friendly to fight demons and stuff. Like where they say hula hoops filled with rock salt. Yes. Yes. yes, and like yes. water guns filled with holy water. Yep, and yeah. both, of those, both of those show up in my fic. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So in, in the fic I wrote, I'm shipping Sam and Gabriel or the trickster in it together. Nice. But in it, because Gabriel's the trickster, I figured he'd be the one that would totally love all these insane ideas. So he's the one like sending Sam all these gifts of very useful, but not, uh, not what Dean wants to use in battle. <laughs> Okay, I need to read this. I'm going to stalk your AO3 account. Oh, that's so cute. Here, I'll even I'll even read the description I wrote for Please. it. Um, so the fix called Divine Gifts. And it basically, the description for it I wrote was, Sam's at his breaking point. Dean's pining as usual. And Gabriel's tired of hiding. Also, there's hula hoops and glitter. <laughs> also, there's hula hoops. <laughs> also, dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> Eve's like sign out for ages was also a dinosaur. (laughs) I don't even remember why that was just my thing in college. So then once you get the idea, so we're talking about inspiration. How do we actually start? Because judging from our opening, (laughs) which we (laughs) struggle to write, like, do you have difficulty starting a fic? It depends. So Mm -hmm. if I get like hit with like a line of, random dialogue or if I get a line or image that just sticks out to me it will not leave me alone until I write that bit however sometimes I'll just get a general idea of oh I'd like to read that kind of thing that's a little bit harder for me but like things like like those tumblr prompts kind of just stuck with me and I was like would not go away and then it just kind of sort of formed in a thick and it's almost like I didn't have to write it I just like sat down and it just kind of appeared Um, I love that. Yeah, but then other times I'll get a general concept and I'll start writing it and I don't know where it's going. So it's a mix. And those are a lot harder to write. They don't write themselves. I love when fics tend to write themselves and you just, do you ever get surprised by what comes out? Oh yeah, big time. Like I had in mind like one paragraph of one of my psych fics and then next thing I know is two chapters long and over 10,000 words. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Sometimes I go into a scene and I usually start with dialogue. So it'll be some kind of exchange in my head that I want them to communicate to each other. 
usually if I'm trying to be like witty and I'm like, Ooh, they're going to have some witty flirty banter. And that's where the scene starts. And then I have to flush it, flush around it. But then sometimes I'm just writing and all of a sudden, like they'll say something, I wrote it and I'm like, Oh my God. (laughs) Or it just leads into something else. I'm like, not what I thought they would end up doing, but I wrote it like, right. It's like, I wrote it, but I feel like it wrote itself. Right. yeah. went there so I know some people say they don't like rereading their own work and like uh, editing Weak. is tedious <laughs> but I actually enjoy rereading what I write because I'm like wait a second I don't remember writing this half the time or yeah. or hey I'm actually like impressed with that paragraph or I really like that line of dialogue like especially if I haven't reread it recently I'll go back and read my pics I'm like cool who wrote oh I wrote that never mind <laughs> No, I get it. Yeah, sometimes you feel like it like it wrote itself and then you look back, you're like, where did that come from? Who wrote yeah. that? Like that couldn't have been me. I was like, oh, I want to read more by that. Oh, I have to write it. Damn it. <laughs> I've been there too. And this is not to be like arrogant, not, right? No, it's no. Like, I, surprise. Like, I was editing and stuff, but yeah, I'm like surprised, like. I don't hate every word I wrote. Mm-hmm. How did that happen? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there definitely have been times when I've read back through some of my stuff. I'm like, what the hell, Eve? <laughs> right. <laughs> but it is surprising to me, like hearing us talk, I am not a very eloquent speaker. Right? <laughs> but we some of- better on paper. <laughs> <laughs> we do. Um, which is why it's surprising. I'll read something. I'll read a line. I was like, dang, where did that come from? But, you know. It's from reading, it's from listening to dialogue from other sources, it's stuff we've picked up, but it's really cool seeing it manifest itself in writing. Um, but no, I I like going back and reading my stuff too. Oh good, it's not just me. No, 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 no. <laughs> but yeah, it is often a surprise or I'm just like, dang. <laughs> or sometimes in a bad way, I was like, why did you do that? Like. Yeah. The writing's fine, but I was like, I can't believe you did that. <laughs> and that's why I have such, most of my pairings are like rare pairs, because I'm like, that's the pick I wanted to read. So I end up writing it. And then I end up going back and rereading it because there's not many options. And I'm like, oh, that should be like continued. Oh, wait, <laughs> I should probably go write it. <laughs> Dang. But it does suck sometimes when it is a struggle to write. So I think I'm kind of in the same situation. So like if it's dialogue and I know what they're going to say, it's easier because like you can just add stuff to a script. Whereas if it's just like a nebulous idea, you're like, I want them to somehow do something like this. You're like, yeah. well, shit, now I actually have to come up with the ideas. Right. Exactly. The details. It's yeah. the details that are, are a bitch. And do you ever feel like you you know what happens in the middle of a scene, but you're like, how do I get there? Yes. So I'm writing a, so it's Red Hood, Jason Todd and Stephanie Brown fanfic. And like the general idea I got from it was they're going to Stephanie Brown's family reunion and her family is all civilians instead of like vigilante Gotham superheroes. So how would two superheroes react in a normal family reunion (laughs) (laughs) oh i love that especially with one of them being an adopted son of bruce wayne so you've got like multiple layers you got the fact that they're not normal either one of them then you got jason's real life 
is super complicated. And on top of that, he's the infamous adopted son of Bruce Wayne. So going into like a normal situation, there's so many layers to it. So in that one, I've got like the first chapter, I've got them going to the family reunion, but I don't know how to like actually do the family reunion part of it. But the idea won't leave me alone, but I have to come up with it still. (laughs) Yeah, that's the worst part, especially if it's something you're looking forward to, but you're like, I have to supply it myself. Exactly. I'm like, no, I mean, this is it. I feel like the concept's going to work once I figure out how to make it work. <laughs> I had something very similar and it was for um, Peachy and Sungil from Yuri on Ice, who I guess technically a rare pair. I don't know. They are paired together frequently, but they've never been on screen together. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. But in my fic, they were going to Peachy's cousin's wedding and it was like a destination wedding. So they, her, her fiance like bought out the entire resort. So it's just their families. And I wanted to create this thing where like the Chulinant family. So Peachy's family is just really outgoing, fun loving, extra kind of like Peachy, whereas Sungil is a very reserved person. So I really wanted to show that. But what I ended up writing was all of the scenes where it's just Peachy and Sungil like in <laughs> their hotel room yeah. <laughs> because I could not write the like the whole family. <laughs> right. No, I get that. Totally. Because like the one I was just talking about, like the first chapter, there it's everything of them avoiding getting to the reunion on time. <laughs> so it's them discussing it in Gotham. Them having sex in her bedroom. Then the freaking motorcycle ride to where the reunion's gonna be. And then they go for a swim. <laughs> and then they finally show up for like the first introduction for that night. And then they ditch early. And chapter two starts with like them going mini golfing and having to actually enter interact with all of the actual like civilians but but I haven't written past that so <laughs> yep yeah I had like a little bit here and there where it's like his grandma says something but like the entire family it's hard and it's, I think it's one of those things where it's like a technical thing it's hard to write because you have to juggle a lot of people and you have to like come up with characters right you know. and that and that's part of the problem is like some of them are canon but yeah I think part of it is you have to like make original characters occasionally too to fill in the blanks and that's hard too because you don't want them you want them to feel like real characters too yeah i i wrote an original character and i was very nervous about her because she was she was quite a character mostly positive response i think a lot of people really loved her and there were some people who were just like she's a little too much but i did draw from real people to sort of like frankenstein her together But there are a lot of things that I elaborated on as well. But it is very difficult trying to like create someone out of thin air. It is. That's why original work is so hard, I think, compared to fan fiction. Yes. Um, See my unfinished work. Right? I I feel you completely. But yeah, so that's kind of the different areas I get inspiration or or like flashes. And that's kind of how my original works too. I usually get a flash or an idea and then it sticks with me until I write the story. But then sometimes I'll think of, oh, I'd like a story to go like this. And then I have to actually like plot it out. And those are the ones that in real life I struggle with too. It's almost like the more thought you put into it, the harder it gets. Yep. One of the things that really inspires me a lot or like drives the writing process is when like I want to show a specific aspect 
of a relationship. So if I want to show, I'm trying to think of examples here, this was something that drove a lot of my, my big work um, skinship was that each scene, there was something about the relationship and about the development of the relationship that I wanted to show. Oh, I know one of like a really big example was from Mew's point of view, because the first half of it is from Gulf. And then the second half is Mew. He had all these fears about like the possibility of him and Gulf getting together. So like one of them was, an age gap. And so I created these ideas of like memories through dreams that kind of showed Mew that his fears were a little unfounded. And so one of the first dreams that he has is a memory of him with his first boyfriend and he was younger than him. And yet in that relationship, he was the more responsible one and the more mature Mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. So like for each of those fears that Mew had, there was like a corresponding dream sequence or memory of his ex-partners and like sort of proving it wrong. Like all these things that he's thinking, it's like, you're just making up excuses at this point. I can't remember if it was Stephen King or if it was some other piece of writing advice, but it was like, every scene has to have a purpose. Couldn't possibly be Stephen King. This book's ramble forever. (laughs) (laughs) If there's no point. Maybe he said that and didn't follow his own advice. (laughs) Maybe, but it's like, if you just have a scene, then you kind of just writing filler and it's yeah. like, you don't know where the dialogue's going to go. You don't know what the action's going to do because you're like, there's no goal. So you're not writing toward something. And that was something that was really important to me. I had to make sure that there was motivation behind everything. And a lot of times it was to show some kind of aspect or um, <laughs> I realization. I get what you're saying. Because at least in one of my fix, the one where I shipped Tony and Darcy together, I did two fix, one's from Tony's point of view and one's from Darcy's point of view of the same events. Ooh. And they have completely different views on it. And they're seeing things completely different through the lens of like their own actions and their own life experience. So that's exactly what I did in skinship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's we're we're I think we're on the same page on that. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, love it. And I didn't mean to do that, honestly, in that fic. So it's over 160,000 words. And it started out as like 10,000 words in its inception. Yeah, that's usually how it happens. (laughs) Um, And it was just going to be from Gulf's point of view. That was it. And it was supposed to end really nice and sweet at the camping scene, which is now like notorious for being the most heartbreaking scene in that entire fic. <laughs> Cause I was like, ah, this is too easy. You can't end up this like neatly wrapped up. I was like, I'm going to just throw in some angst. <laughs> but no, it, it really, no, I don't believe in angst for the sake of angst. It, it just felt like it was happy ending for the sake of happy ending. Like I was just trying to wrap it up. Right. I was like, right. no, this doesn't feel right. And it was one of those things where it got out of hand. Like I, I was like, no, there has to be something. And then what I ended up writing, I was like, oh my God, what have I done? And so I knew <laughs> that I had to go back and somehow redeem you. <laughs> for what he did and explain it. And honestly, at the time, I didn't know his own motivations behind what he did. I was just like, mm, we'll figure it out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I knew part of it, right? Like I knew part of it, but I didn't know the big thing until I actually got to that scene. And that was like an entire book later. But it was cool though, because what I did was I ended on a cliffhanger, right? So like you go through this entire story of them filming the show, then you get to that to that cliffhanger. And then I go all the way back before they started filming the show when they were doing like workshops and stuff. And that's where I started Mew's side. And you see it all through his point of view. And so like you see a lot of the pre-filming and then you finally catch up to 
to where Gulf's story started. And then I wrote the same scenes from Mew's point of view. And so I had to like go back and like copy my own dialogue. I had to do that too. I'm still <laughs> doing that. Like I have like 15 chapters on Tony's side and like two on Darcy's. I'm like, oh, I have to go back and reread and match up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And like trying to describe their actions from the other person's perspective. Like it helps too that when I wrote it from Gulf's point of view without knowing that I was going to write Muse, I still knew what Mew was thinking. Right. And that's yeah. that's why I wrote the second version to begin with, because yeah. when I was writing it, I was writing it from Tony's point but view, but I knew why he was responding the way he was doing, but I also knew why Darcy was responding. Like I knew her motivations yeah. behind things. So I was like, they have such different points of view that I felt like it was actually a completely different story based on whose side you're looking at. Yeah. And it really did turn out to be that way. Like it was one of those things that surprised me, but yeah, going through and like revisiting what I had written and then writing it from Muse perspective. So like things that maybe I just like glossed over for golf, like he did something for Mew, it might've been a lot more significant or like he latched onto something. And so you're seeing I don't know. It was really cool to write. It was a really interesting experience to go through and then have to like mirror my own stuff. Right. Yeah. No, Uh, I agree. It's it's a bit trippy at times. (laughs) Yeah. So just some insight into where (laughs) Out and I get our inspiration and how we actually start the thing. Which is hard to do sometimes. (laughs) Also ending. Yeah. Ending is hard too. Which (laughs) Stephen King also struggles with. So I feel better about myself, but we right? can talk oh about my- endings another time. <laughs> oh, or my inability to watch the endings of TV shows. Like, I watched seven seasons of Buffy and I still haven't seen the final episode because for some reason I can't watch endings of shows. <laughs> I have yet to finish a K-drama. Like, there's one where I'm, I only have two episodes left and I just refuse. <laughs> okay, so it's not just me. No, it's not just me. <laughs> All right. So I guess we'll end it here quite abruptly. Yes, the end. <laughs> thematically. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Divergent Canon and on Instagram at Canon Divergent Pod. And you can subscribe and follow us on any podcast streaming source. So this has been Canon Divergent with... Out Here Now. And Eve Hypo 555. Now, Fick Off. <laughs> <laughs>